generous support for this introduction provided by Art Bridges. This introduction has been made possible in part by the National Endowment for the Humanities, NEH Cares. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this audio do not necessarily represent those of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Hi, I'm Ken Fox, Head of Library and Archives at the George Eastman Museum. Mention the name Leo Carrillo to most Angelinos, and they'll tell you about Leo Carrillo State Park, a picturesque stretch of California parkland that runs along the Pacific Coast Highway just north of Malibu. But to a generation of kids, the first to be raised on syndicated television, Leo Carrillo was a star. From 1950 to 1956, Carrillo appeared in 156 episodes of The Cisco Kid, a Western series that followed the adventures of the titular hero and his comic sidekick, Pancho, played by Carrillo. The show is a cross between The Lone Ranger and Don Quixote, and Carrillo's shtick was essentially Sancho Panza, but with a heavy Mexican accent, a stereotype that wouldn't pass muster today. But this knack for accents and a talent for mimicry is what got him his start on stage at the turn of the 20th century, first in vaudeville, then in a series of Broadway productions, beginning with the 1915 review, Fads and Fancies. Carulio would alternate between the vaudeville circuit and the so-called legitimate theater well into the 1920s, until 1927 to be precise, when motion picture sound technology could finally capture what made Carrillo so popular on stage, his voice, and the wide variety of accents he had at the tip of his tongue. Carrillo's first movies were three Vitaphone varieties, short films produced by Warner Brothers designed to capitalize on their new sound-on-disc technology, the same sound system that made the jazz singer such a blockbuster hit. Carrillo soon graduated to features, and in the years before he was first cast as Pancho in the 1949 Cisco Kid film The Daring Caballero, at the tender age of 68, he appeared in nearly 80 feature films for studios as diverse as MGM, RKO, United Artists, and Universal. In this short but fascinating 1958 interview, recorded just three years before his death from cancer in 1961, Carrillo offers a picture of his own early vaudeville roots and how he was too proud to get into the motion picture business, as well as the early years of motion picture maverick Thomas Ince, a writer, producer, and director who also got his start in vaudeville, but who would go on to revolutionize movie production and set the stage for the Hollywood studio system. And Carrillo's real accent? West Coast patrician. He was, after all, descended from a centuries-long line of prominent Californians that included one governor and a three-time mayor of Los Angeles. Carrillo's faithful 18-year tenure on the California Beaches and Parks Commission was commemorated by the naming of the Leo Carrillo State Park. But his legacy as a conservationist also includes a far more direct connection to Hollywood legend. Thanks to a personal relationship with the family of William Randolph Hearst, Carrillo was instrumental in the state's acquisition and preservation of Hearst Castle at San Simeon, 
a Baroque palace, which any film buff will tell you served as the model for Citizen Kane's stately pleasure dome, Xanadu.